For episode 7 of the World Triathlon Podcast, we have the pleasure of hearing from Norkoja, a man at the heart of the triathlon scene in Syria's second city of Aleppo, where they've bravely staged races and carried on training against the backdrop of the war that has had such a huge impact on everyday life in this part of the country for the last nine years. After the tragic death of his sister when his family home was hit by a bomb in 2015, Noor, who's also a full-time doctor, trains an all-female team of triathletes who dream of following in the footsteps of their idols and reaching the international elite level. Apologies for some background noise during this episode, but the inspiring stories telling the pursuit of triathlon against adversity still come through loud and clear. I started as an assistant coach to the top-level triathletes uh, uh, with our head coach, Ahmad Benna. Uh, he is the one who gathered all around triathlon and taught us to love this sport. Uh, he taught me the principle of coaching. And then in 2018, the ITU invited us to, invited us to uh, the level one coaching course in Beirut. And believe me, it's, it had a great influence on our methods of coaching and it expanded our way of thinking as well. And last year, I decided to coach my own team. So uh, I started to coach an independent female team. At first, uh, uh, the team has two triathletes, and it grows by time to be eight. Their age is between 14 to 20. And I think it's a great initiative to, to have an independent female team, uh, especially with the uh, religion and ideology we have here in the Middle East. And, you know, uh, the, uh, there's still a gap in the whole world between the male and female participation. And uh, in, uh, in Syria, the, this gap is bigger. So when a young lady now saw that there's a special team for them, they will feel more comfortable to participate. After years of living with the fear of regular bombings, early one morning in 2015, Noor's family home was hit. Uh, Syria, in general, has been through a war for about nine years. Okay? And Aleppo, among all the Syrian cities, uh, have suffered the most. Uh, uh, it's been under siege for several times. Their family didn't find food to buy. And there were bullets, snipers, and bombs falling all over uh, the city. Uh, so uh, it wasn't, wasn't safe at all. And I remember when one time we were running on the track and uh, some uh, explosive bullets fell next to us and exploded. It was really terrifying and stopped the training immediately and went home. Uh, thank God no, no casualties, no one get, got hurt or everyone was safe. And so it, was, it wasn't uh, safe to go out and it wasn't safe to go stay home either. We, we were in, in, the, in the house one night, uh, me and my family. Uh, we, were, we weren't able to sleep uh, because of the heavy bombing on the neighborhood. Uh, at 5 a.m., uh, there's bombs strike our house. And uh, we all ran out of the house, but uh, uh, someone was missing. It was my baby sister. Uh, we called her name, no one answered, so we went back in the house again, searching for her, but uh, it was dark, 
and dusty, we couldn't see anything. So we start, started searching for her by touching the objects. And finally, we found her uh, lying on the floor, falling in a coma, bleeding. Uh, her body was full of splinters. Uh, we took her to the hospital. She had a long surgery, and uh, she they they took it, took took her to the ICU for several time. But there was a splinter in her brain that caused her death. Well, Doug, you know it was a tragedy and it uh, was full of sorrow. Uh, she was only 20 years old. She was studying architecture. Yeah. She was an angel. But, you know, uh, with all that sorrow, triathlon what kept me going. With every stroke I take in the pool, every stride on the pavement, every time I pedal on the bike, it really is my, my pain. So, the 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 reason why I decided to coach that uh, female team is every time I improve uh, improve a young lady uh, lifestyle, I feel like uh, I have found my peace. That I did something that I couldn't do to my own sister. The following year, a triathlon was scheduled in Aleppo as a symbol of hope for the community. Just before the start, however, the event had to be aborted and another tragedy was only narrowly avoided. Uh, I want to tell you about the story uh, next year, 2016. Uh, it was re uh, really uh, as the same bad situation. Uh, so, uh, we decided to cheer our triathletes in Aleppo. Uh, we held a local uh, event uh, in Aleppo, uh, just between the Aleppo triathletes. Uh, well, the atmosphere was full of uh, happiness, joy, there were songs, it's, it's cheering. But uh, when we, we about when we are about, when we, we were about to start, uh, and the kids were on the start line, we heard a fire machine guns uh, uh, shooting and the uh, police started falling on us. You know? and the kids uh, were screaming, were afraid. Uh, thank God we didn't start the race yet. So we gathered the kids, took them to a safe place, but uh, in that time uh, we have one adult triathlete that got injured. We took him to the hospital, he had surgery, they took the bullet out and it was two inches long. Fortunately, the uh, triathlete is safe and sound, and he participated the next year. In 2017, Aleppo was finally considered safer, and a national championships was held on the same course as the aborted race the year before, in a great show of defiance. Yeah, well, uh, in 2017, uh, Aleppo was safer. Uh, the, arm, the army had uh, expanded his range of control. So uh, we decided to make uh, uh, an, uh, the first national championship in Aleppo after, uh, since the start of the war. So, uh, and we did it in the same course as this last year to honor the injured uh, triathlete. And it's really amazing uh, and competing. It was really, uh, really successful.
in the contrary of the last year. The 2018 National Championships was able to be held in Aleppo and this time with open water swimming for the first time in its history. An Aleppo legend was born in the shallow river quake. And uh, in 2018, we made another uh, national championship. Uh, and I called it, for me, I called it Aleppo legend, this championship. Because Aleppo is an inner city. It doesn't have a lake or a sea. So uh, it only have a shallow uh, river cross, crossing it. So we decided that year to make an open water event in that shallow river. For the first time. Yeah, for the first time. So the, uh, the water was uh, two, two feet uh, in depth only. So we start working as usual. The Aleppo uh, the staff, staff uh, we get down to the river course, start cleaning, and we plug the end of the river with the big tree trunks tied together with the ropes. And we use the plastic cur curtains and boards uh, uh, as well. Uh, but thank God it worked. <laughs> Although we're not uh, engineers, but it worked. <laughs> These young Syrians share the same dreams as countless other juniors the world over of becoming elite athletes. Local hero Mohamed Maso is competing for a tripartite place at the Tokyo 2020 Olympic Games. Well, this is our dream to be uh, involved in, in the inter international world development. And uh, this is my dream to uh, make our triathlete compete in the elite level and uh, to make, him, make them uh, uh, achieve what they're dreaming of. We all, they all dreaming to be to compete like uh, uh, Gomez and Brownlee. One of the athletes that used to uh, train in Aleppo is uh, Muhammad Maso. He is now uh, preparing for the Olympics. And we have from Aleppo as well Ahmad Mardini, uh, Osama Khouja, and we have uh, very talented now uh, national champions like. Uh, we have Khalouf and Adnan Asad. And I think it's improving. And, and we have uh, uh, also champions from uh, other cities. We have Ahmad Sabah, he, he was from Damascus. He, he is also preparing for the Olympics. We have uh, Zakaria Kharad from Damascus, Adnan Zaki from Damascus, and uh, Karim Omsamra, he's from Sueda. I think uh, the triathlon. Uh, situation or triathlon in, uh, level in Syria is improving. The schedule is familiarly demanding, not least with working at the hospital to fit the day around. But limited facilities, including a lack of heating for the pool during the winter, are yet another obstacle in the progress of triathlon in Aleppo. It is every week, uh, uh, every day. We have only one day rest of the week. Uh, I started at in the summer. I started at six and a half in the morning, around uh, one hour. Then I go to the hospital. After the hospital, I come back to the training to do the second uh, uh, session to the guard, and so on, so on in the summer. But in the winter, we couldn't do that. Uh, here in Aleppo, we don't have uh, warm water. 
in the winter. We swim in frozen water, if you can say that. Temperature only five Celsius degrees. So I, I don't know. Uh, there is two cities in Syria that have warm water, in fact. The priorities in funding wasn't for the sport. It was for the ed education, healthcare. Those are free for people in Syria. So the priorities are for the, the principle of life, food, and sport is considered uh, uh, luxury. Okay. So uh, uh, we have a lack of uh, lack of uh, equipment, uh, and as I told you, we don't have the warm water in the in the winter. But I think that. Uh, the National Federation is giving us everything he could. When in the in this summer, uh, the performance performance of the triathletes is rising, and in the winter we don't have pool. The perform performance of the triathletes only decreased. So it's like we are moving in the, in the same place. So it's a, a big issue for us, but we are we're trying to make everything we can. Uh, Recently, the head of the General Federation of Sport uh, has changed, and uh, uh, the new president of uh, the, the General Federation of Sport had made an interview and promised promised the Aleppo city to warm the pool again in the winter. For the athletes and coaches alike. Triathlon offers precious community and escapism from the struggle of daily life in a city that has had to face so much over the past 10 years. What we do in, with the coaching is more larger than just coaching, especially for the young triathletes uh, who haven't seen anything but war. The war started since uh, 2010, so it's a really long period. The training was not just come to, to the training session and do the training, go home. It was like a, it was a bond. It was a, a entertainment uh, to share to cheer them up. Uh, it was uh, full, of, full of joy. That's what uh, makes us love the training, love triathlon so much. It uh, kind of let us run from our reality our fear uh, every time I, I wake up in the morning at uh, 6 a.m and i see that uh, we're doing that because we love triathlon and i ask myself oh my god i'm so sleepy why i'm doing this and and i think that we we i have to do this because it's now in, in my veins. All of us, we love uh, and it's, uh, we can't cut triathlon on us. We can't stop being triathlete, can't stop being coaches. It's a lifestyle. It's our lifestyle now. It's not something we made and we're going to leave. It's part of us. Well, thanks ever so much for, for your time. And, uh... we are, you know, we are very grateful for you and for the... Uh, ITU development team uh, trying to put a spotlight, a spotlight on us on Aleppo. You know, we we were working, uh, we were sacrificing for uh, because we love the sport, and now we are, we know that there are people who care about our sacrifices. 
Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you and uh, and to hear hear from you there. Thank you. Thank you, Doc. Um, I really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.